Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. I really am. Today is going to be a little bit different message for me because I'm not really teaching. Well, I kind of am. I can't get away from that gift. But... Um, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about what God's been doing in my life the last, gosh, I guess seven to ten years, and um, where he's launching us right now, and what what the new things that he's saying. And um, it's a little bit hard for me to give a a title to this, but I guess what you could say is that really this is, um, if you wanted to give this a title, kind of what's on my heart is how do you turn your test into your testimony? How do you turn your test into your testimony? And maybe you've heard that saying before. Oh, yeah, God's going to turn your test into your testimony. Or God's going to turn your mess into your message. And it sounds great until you go through it. Can I hear an amen on that? Or like Pastor Mike says, come on, somebody. Yes, I caught you saying that, Mike. I'm like, all right, I got to throw in a come on, somebody. So about seven years ago... I guess this would be uh, 2014. I remember when my son came to me and said um, that he was engaged and was going to get married. And so we, you know, talked about all of that and and what that was going to look like and dates and all of those sorts of things. And uh, the next morning, though, uh, as I got up, and I I think it was just in my prayer time that morning, God spoke to me and he said, write a book. And take everything that you've learned, and we've been married about 25 years or so at that point in time. Take everything you've learned about marriage and, and just tell him about it, you know? So, because I, I, you know, I, I felt we have a great marriage. God has really blessed Carrie and I. Oh, by the way, I haven't introduced my family. This is my loving wife, Carrie. Stand up and say hi if you don't know Carrie. And then my son-in-law and daughter, this is Katie, my daughter, and my son-in-law, Andrew. They are the best gifts God has ever given me. And I'm so thankful that they're here with me today. So, had a great marriage. Things are going well. Hey, son, let me tell you how to do this. That's what I thought. And so I just started writing stuff down. I'm, you know, okay, how do you have a good marriage? What do you need? What do you got to do? And just, you know, thinking about all of the things that I'd learned in about 25 years of marriage. And I do remember it was probably about six, eight months after I got started with that. They had gotten married. And I remember emailing them a copy of it and just kind of saying, hey, here you go. Hopefully this will help. But I had in my spirit, I really sensed that God wasn't done with that, that he had something else that he wanted to do. And so I continued working on it and getting some other ideas and thinking about where I could possibly go with that. But about two years later, Carrie and I went through one of the most toughest and challenging moments in our entire lives. When you set out to do something great for God, don't be surprised when whatever you want to do gets tested. So we could go into the theology and say, well, does God bring the test, or was it from the devil, or whatever? And honestly, I don't know, and I don't care. (laughs) Because whether it was from the, I know it was, part of it was from the devil, but I know God used it. But the test really was this, is that we, there was a situation that Carrie and I were facing, and we were on opposite 
sides of the issue. Not only were we not on the same page, we weren't even looking at the same book, okay? I mean, it was bad and getting worse. And we were going opposite directions, and everything in our marriage started in some ways to fall apart. And and honestly, at that time, I was crying out to God like I never had before. And, and part of me wondered if we were going to make it. It was that bad. And we just kept, you know, both of us seeking God, saying, okay, God, how are we going to make this work? One of the things that Pastor Jim, you guys know Pastor Jim Reeve from Faith, a lot of you anyways, he married us, 1987. And uh, anyways, we, uh, one of the things he said in our wedding, and he's continue, and I use it with couples all the time, but he said that commitment is abandoning the option to quit. But that doesn't mean that sometimes you might think about quitting. But we didn't. We didn't abandon the option to quit. And praise God, we passed the test. And I want to tell you, this September, we will be married 34 years. Now you can clap. (laughs) And there were so many things that God taught us, but taught me in particular at that time about what does it mean to be a husband? What does it mean to be married? What is commitment all about? And more importantly, how do you work through some of those issues that are driving you apart? And I'm going to get to a couple of those things uh, in just a moment. But then, while all of that, well, let me say, before, before I, the next part of the story is that my son and his wife gave us two absolutely amazing and beautiful grandkids, Nikolai and Rafaela. And, uh, you know, we rejoiced at that, but then suddenly, at least from our perspective, almost without warning, my son's marriage fell apart. So two things were going on, by the way. Let me get back to the book. First off, here I'm writing this book on how to have a great marriage, and then my own marriage goes through an incredible, difficult season. So what do you think happened to the book? Nothing. (laughs) In fact, what happened is that the devil said, who do you think you are? How in the world can you possibly help someone else when your marriage is in such a shambles? And then, a few years later, my son and his marriage ended suddenly. And same message, who do you think you are? How can you possibly help someone else? How can you possibly give any advice when everything in your family has fallen apart? And it was different going through the challenge with my son and his marriage because now there were two kids involved. They were one and three when things ended up uh, or things changed for them. And Praise God, my son got full custody of of the kids, and they moved in with us. So now here I am, Carrie and I are thinking, and, you know, things are better. We're we're moving forward. We're, you know, healing's coming back. We're moving forward. We're getting um, stronger in our relationship. And, And now this all happens with my son, and they move in with us. And instead of being empty nesters, we now get the opportunity to help our son raise our grandkids. 
which we would not trade for anything. But I got to tell you, it was really challenging. Does anybody in here have preschoolers? No? Are they? Okay. I got a couple of people who can relate to having preschoolers. You guys have preschoolers. Okay. I am almost 60 years old. I'm changing diapers. I'm like, God, I didn't expect this to happen in my life. You know, and then um, just with work schedules and everything, I, I got to tell you, if you ever ask God <laughs> to help you with your patience, watch out, okay? Now, and absolutely, that is a good prayer. But, yeah, I mean, it was challenging, and it still is. But the, the, the difficult, or I should say the, the, the hardest part, getting away from just the challenges of having preschoolers in your house, was walking the journey emotionally with my son and my two kids at the essentially ending of their family and being there to help them with all of that, to support them, to love them, to let those two kids feel special and that they were cared for. And the battle still continues. It's not over. We're still dealing with stuff, but you know, praise God, we're moving forward. And I am so thankful God has given me a whole lot more patience with my grandkids, and uh, we're doing well. But once again, out of all of that, what was happening with this book? Nothing. Why? Because the devil kept saying, you can't write a book. There's not, you don't have anything to say. Look, you gave them the book, and they, it all fell apart anyways. So what happens there? Well, following that, I'll tell you, God did bless us with something else. And that is that Katie started dating Andrew. And in 2019, on, what was it, Christmas Eve? Or like, no, the beginning of December, uh, right before Christmas, in standing in front of our Christmas tree at our house, he proposed. So, um, and then last year, in the midst, yeah, you can give him a hand for that. And last year, in the midst of a pandemic, we had a wedding. (laughs) And we were able to find a place out in San Bernardino County. And I got to tell you, Andrew, you are such a blessing and a gift to our family. And we just are so glad to have you uh, part of us. So God, even in the midst of challenging times, God was saying, see, I'm still good. And absolutely, God brought Andrew into our lives. Another significant thing happened last year, and that was that one of my coworkers, some of you guys remember Pastor Don Jackson, okay? So Pastor Don, just prior to the pandemic, signed up and started going through the certification course to become a life coach. And I had no idea what coaching was all about, and I'd heard about life coaches and what do they do, and I didn't really know. But when she kind of, you know, uh, went that direction, it really piqued something inside of me. And I felt the Lord said, you need to look into this too. So I did, and I felt God saying that that was something he wanted me to step into as well. Now, Pastor Don is still on staff at Faith. I'm still on staff at Faith. It is something we're doing on the side. But um, it was something when I, so I decided last August to take this training to become a certified coach. And uh, coaching is not counseling, by the way. It's really helping people discover what, and the way I look at it, by the way, is that when I have a coaching conversation with a client, oh, I always pray, Holy Spirit, speak to us. And, and it's allowing God to bring revelation and understanding and helping them see some new things and move forward to accomplish their goals. And so as I was going through coach training, one of the things that God began to birth in my heart, because you kind of get to pick, how do you want to be a coach? So I decided to pick marriage coaching. I thought, well, after all we've been through, you know what? 
maybe I've got something to say. (laughs) Maybe I can help some people. And the other thing that really motivated me about marriage coaching is that I started thinking about my grandkids. And I said, you know, if I can help another family who have kids the same age as my grandkids are to avoid divorce, that would be worth it. So I started in on the marriage coaching, and I've had some amazing conversations with some people, and God has used it and turned around. I had one guy even tell me that I'm a miracle worker, and I'm like, well, no, 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 Jesus is the miracle worker, but I'm glad he used me in your life and turned some things around. And then last February, just as I was about finished with the uh, coach training, one day in our kitchen, Carrie turned to me and said, hey, you know that, that, that check that we got the other day for her PTO and cash out and all of this stuff? Here's what I think we should do with it. I think we should publish your book. And I went, huh? Wait, what? Huh? Now, I didn't say that on the outside. I'm like, yeah, good idea. But on the inside, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Really? So, yes, we found a publisher. We started the process. Ladies and gentlemen, for the very first time, I want to display my book to all of you. Here it is. And this is all the glory goes to God, let me tell you. Why? Because I never thought this day would come. It's called Turn It Up, and the thing about the book is that, you know, life, I I have this metaphor that I use in the book that when when you first get in a relationship or marriage, it's like a dimmer switch, and it's turned all the way to the top, okay? The light is bright, everything is great in your relationship, but how many of you have ever been in a romantic relationship or been married know that sometimes life and problems and challenges turn that thing down. So what do you got to do? You got to turn it back up. So that was the image I had. It's called Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. So here's what I'm trying to say, is that God really does turn your test into your testimony. And what God did in our lives and what he's continuing to do, I believe he wants to do it for you. And I want you to think about the test and the things that you've gone through because God wants to um, really ignite, if you will, the vision that things could be different and that he can use those things in your life to make a difference. So real quick, I want to give you five lessons that I learned through all of that that I think will help you turn your test into your testimony. The first lesson is this. You need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ every day. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ every day. Now, I know a lot of you, are those my notes over there? They sure are. I think I'm done with that page. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, what's that? Um, All right, surrender your life and and your relationship, your marriage, your career, your plans, everything about your life, surrender it to Jesus. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus said that whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. You see, if you try to run your own life, like me, you're probably going to mess it up. I know I'm going to mess up my life if I'm in charge. So it's that daily surrender of coming to Jesus, and I really, the key word in there has got to be that word daily. 
one day at a time. In fact, speaking of that, one of the blessings, as I mentioned before, talking about Ronnie and Martin, that I get to do at Faith is oversee our recovery groups. And I have learned so much from people in the 12-step program that we offer at church. And one of their sayings is, you got to take it one day at a time. I think sometimes we as believers think that all you need to do is give your life to Jesus and everything will be great. And that you only need to do it once. I would like to suggest to you that you give your life to Jesus every day. One day at a time. Putting him first. Declaring his lordship. And what you're also doing is saying, God, I can't do this without you. I can't run my life. I can't make decisions. I can't, whatever, fix my marriage. I can't you know, be a good parent. I can't do my job. I can't, I can't do anything. I need you. And going back to the 12 steps too, the first step of the 12 goes like this. I admit, so step one, I admit that my, um, no. Yes, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody reminded me. I love it. I admit that I'm powerless over my addiction and that my life has become unmanageable. I would like to suggest to you that that's a good prayer for all of us to pray. I admit that I need you, Jesus, and that I'm powerless in this life without you. I need you to show me what to do. I need you to help me. But, Lord, I'm, I'm, basically it's this. I'm going to do it your way. I'm letting go of doing things my way, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to do it your way. And basically, when it comes to marriage... It's abandoning the option to quit, like I had said earlier. Um, Your way, God. How do you want us to be married? What is marriage all about? Did you know that four times in Scripture it says this, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. You see, we need to start doing marriage like God tells us to. That's what I needed to do. Second lesson that I learned. Number one was to surrender my life to Jesus every day. Second thing, ask and expect God to help me. James 1, 5 said, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So what do we need to do? We first need to surrender our life to Jesus and say, God, I can't do this without you. Then the second thing is that we need to ask God to show us what to do. God, how do I respond? How do I, how do I manage this? How do I make things work? How do I fix this in my life? How do I prosper financially? What is it? Uh, guide me by the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, you got to listen and then you got to obey. Do what God tells you to do, and you will see his blessing come into your life. A couple of things that God showed me immediately to start doing. Because what I was doing at the time wasn't working. So I'm like, okay, God, there's got to be a better way. What do I need to do differently? And he said, start responding instead of reacting. I was doing a lot of stuff that was making Carrie mad. And when she would tell me about that, how do you think I would, re- I would react? When you react, by the way, you're reacting out of emotion, out of anger, out of, and you start blaming or giving excuses. At least that's what I was doing. John Maxwell, the famous, um, what is it, leadership author, says that in every conversation you carry two buckets. One of them has gasoline, 
and the other one has water. When you react, when someone is uh, upset at you, guess what? You're going to throw gasoline on that. Come on, somebody. You ever been there? You ever thrown gasoline on the fire? And it's going to explode in your face. Or you can respond. Maybe listen to what they have to say. Maybe think about it before you open your mouth. And guess what? Maybe you'll be putting some water on that fire. But I'll never forget another day I was crying out to the Lord and just saying, God, show me what to do. I don't know how Carrie and I can get on the same page again. We're going two different directions. It seems, God, as if we have a problem that we don't know how to solve. And I was walking around my house, and I, um, over the years, collected several books on marriage as part of getting the book together and, you know, just looking at different things. And some of the books I'd read all the way through, some I'd just look at, whatever. And, and I remember walking by this bookshelf, and the Holy Spirit said, There. Read that book now. I'm serious. Read that book now. It's a, a book by a guy named John Gottman, and the title of the book is Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Highly recommend it. Not as good as mine, but it's still a good one. Just kidding. Actually, it is a great book. So I pull this book out. I open it to the table of contents, and I look down the list at the tab- of the chapter titles, and there is a chapter, I kid you not, that says how to solve unsolvable problems. And I'm like, wow, God, thank you. Maybe I need to read this book. Now, you see my point, guys. When we admit our need and ask God for help, God is going to show you what to do. He's going to help you. He's going to guide you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. That's worth an amen, isn't it? All right. Number three, third lesson that I learned through this whole time and test is to let go of my position and listen to my wife. Let go. See, here's what happens. You want to know what's wrong in our, in our country today? We're all taking a position, aren't we? Well, this is my position. I believe, and then you name the issue. can be anything. I don't want to get political, but you know what I'm talking about, right? We take a stand. Now, admittedly, there are times to do that. I am not wishy-washy. I have my own political opinions. But guess what? In a marriage, you need to let go and not try to defend yourself, not try to convince the other person that you're right and they're wrong. By the way, when you start taking a position, it does imply two things. First off, well, actually three things. When you take that position, you shut yourself off from any kind of input from the other person. And that, my friends, is never a good idea, okay? So... The other thing, though, when you take that strong position, you find yourself, and this is what was happening with me. In fact, I even remember praying and asking God, God, please help Carrie. God, please show her that I'm right. God, please help me convince her to see things my way. Now, can you see the arrogance, by the way, in all of that? Guess what God needed to correct? Me, (laughs) okay? So, when we hang on to our position, when we say, this is what's right, this is what has to happen, there's no room for conversation, there's no room for compromise, and really what you end up sending is two messages. One is, I'm right, you're wrong. And, I'm smart, you must be, yeah, stupid. (laughs) Now, do you think that's going to work? 
Is that going to pour the gasoline or the water on the fire? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work. I had to turn it off. I had to turn around. I had to repent. I had to change. I had to open my heart and listen to my wife and receive what God wanted to say to me through her. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when I humbled myself and let go of my position, that's when things started to change and heal in our relationship. So, That's one of the things that God taught me. That's number three. Number four, how do you turn your test into your testimony? Ask other people to help you. When you are going through that test, don't do it alone. So, there are two guys in this room. By the way, I wrote about you guys in the acknowledgement. I got Larry over here and Danny here on the front row. These are my friends. That's why they're here today. Going through that test, I needed somebody to pray with me. I needed somebody to encourage me. And Danny told me, he said, anytime you need me, bro, you call me. 3 a.m., right? Did I ever call you at 3 in the morning? I don't think I ever did, but I knew I could if I needed to. Don't do it alone. We are the body of Christ. And I think if there's one thing that COVID has taught us as the church uh, globally is that we need each other. We need each other. So when you are going through your test, don't just, oh my God, where are you? Don't just do it by yourself, but reach out to others. Get in a group. Join, I mean, be a part of a family. Get somebody to pray with you and pray for you. Um, Get some outside help. That's why I so enjoy doing this marriage coaching, because I'm able to kind of come in as that neutral third party and just ask some questions and help this couple see some things differently. But getting help and inviting others into your challenge is going to make a difference. Now, we don't like to do that, do we? Why? Because we don't like admitting that we don't have our act together. (laughs) Come on, somebody. That was good. We don't like admitting that we have problems. We don't like telling people that I have a need. But let me tell you a secret, guys. When you do, God is going to turn everything around, and he's going to bring that answer The scripture tells us through a multitude of counselors, there is wisdom. And in fact, in 1 Peter 4, it says that, where is it? Here it is. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So really what that scripture is all about is that God, see, we ask God to help us. You want to know how he's going to do it? He's going to use people. But sometimes we don't want the people to bring help. We want the answer right from God. Come on, God, just zap it. You know, heal it. Change it. Come on, miracle time. Here we go. And God says, okay, you want help? Talk to that guy. You want help? Go see that guy. Go talk. Get some prayer. Get some input. Read a book. Ooh. (laughs) Get some coaching. Yeah, why? Because that's how God is going to meet your need. It's through the body of Christ. And let me tell you, folks, we need each other now more than ever. All right, number five, last lesson I want to share with you. If you want to turn your test into a testimony, ask God to use you to help other people. Ask God to use you to help others. Let me leave you, leave you this, with this verse. 2 Corinthians 1 says, 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. What does God want to do in your life? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the test that you're facing, but I do know this about you. You're either about to go into a test, or you're in a test, or you're on the other side of a test. Because tests and trials are part of this life. And we can confess them away all we want. That doesn't mean God's going to take them away. And you know why? Because he wants you to grow. He doesn't want to see you at the same level spiritually um, that you are today a year from now. And let me tell you, just like going to the gym and lifting weights, do you know what it's called? It's called resistance training. The tests of this life are the resistance training that build us up spiritually so that we can withstand the attacks of the devil. And yes, absolutely, just like in my life, the devil's going to discourage you. He's going to attack you with doubt and fear. He wants you to stay in a corner and isolate from others. And what you've got to do is rise up and say, thank you, Jesus, you are with me in this storm, and you are going to get me through this, and I'm going to turn this test... Come on, somebody, into a testimony. I know you all got masks on. You can't really say it, but I heard you. Yes, let's turn our tests into a testimony. Hey, before I close in prayer, I'm so excited to get to share this with you guys. This, yeah, it's such a testimony of God's goodness in my life. You guys are the first ones who get to take a look at it. It arrived literally yesterday. And we had like this little ceremony in our front room with, with Andrew and Katie and Chris and the grandkids. And, and we opened the box together and we looked at it. And it went, yeah, praise God. What a blessing this thing is. What an answer to prayer. So anyways, I don't have a copy for you yet. <laughs> That's the, that's the bad news. So, so here's the deal. Um, if you want to pre-order one, Katie and Andrew are going to be out there. I'll be at the table as well. Um, buy a book and then leave me the, your information. We have a little form to fill out. And then what I'll do, when the books arrive at my house in a couple of weeks, I think they'll be there around the 3rd or 4th of September, I'm going to sign your copy, and then Katie and Andrew will bring it here to church on um, Sunday the 5th. But here's the other thing I would like you guys to do. Pray for us. We're starting this new thing. We actually launched it as a, uh, an, an independent, um, nonprofit, 501c3 organization, a ministry. You know, we believe that God wants to use this. In fact, let me tell you what's really on my heart. Not only to just help marriages, I want to help police officer marriages. You know, God has given me that inroad and understanding. And then somewhere along the lines, I think God's going to bring me a pastor or two whose marriage has fallen apart because I want to help them as well because they, I mean, let me tell you, people who think they don't need help but really do, it's pastors and cops, okay? And, and I just sense in my heart maybe God's saying, yeah, that's what I have for you. So 
pray for us that God opens those doors. And of course, you know, anybody else that he sends our way, we're going to help. Um, I post videos, by the way, if you're into social media, I post usually every Friday on uh, Facebook. So get involved with that. Share those things. Watch them. Hopefully it'll encourage you and help you. Uh, that's another way you could support us. Um, if you'd like, buy the book and then give it away and tell everybody about it and post a review on Amazon. Um, and then if you need some marriage coaching or you know somebody who does, send them my way. Be glad to help them. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you so much for this church. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word and what you do, God, when we say, Lord, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this on my own. I'm, I'm, and God, I don't know what everybody's going through that's here today or watching online, but Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and give them hope. Hope, Lord, that the test that they've either gone through or they're currently going through would end. The test that they've gone through, that they're, the pain that they're feeling, Lord, I pray that they would see that there's a purpose for that pain. God, that you have not abandoned them, that you have not left them to suffer, that you are not, that they are not alone. God, I pray that you would connect them with others in the body of Christ so that they can get the help that they need. And Lord, I pray that you would turn their test into their testimony and use them, Jesus, to help others and to bring you glory. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you. Thank you.